Philly, Philly, Philly's where I am from. You are tuned into the Philly Culture Podcast. If you have not already, go ahead and hit the subscribe button so you do not miss out on any of the episodes. I am your host, Tanja Morris, the founder of Sisters with the Agenda and Your Culture Connection. And we have Kaima Akbar, the co-host of Urban Queens. And we have came together to put on and shine a little light on Philly. The Philly Culture Podcast is here to talk about our upbringing in the city of Philadelphia and how it has birthed our hustle. Philly has some great creators, entrepreneurs, and community leaders who have been creating cultures in the city of Philadelphia for years. So stay tuned and check out some of the great people we have. And if you missed out on any episodes, make sure you go back and follow. If you haven't hit that subscribe button, make sure you go ahead and do so now. All right, guys, we are live for another episode of the Philly Culture Podcast. And if you are just tuning in, my name is Tadja Morris. I am the founder of Sisters with the Agenda, your co-host here at the Philly Culture Podcast and the Culture Connection. And we are tuned in with our co-host. That's us, me, Kaima Akbar, the owner and creator at Urban Queens. Today we have our special guest, Shanice. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I am Shanice Porter. I am also known as CEO Marie Rose. Um, I am the owner of Petite Rose Venue in Lansdowne, PA, and also Rosebud Studios, also known as Rosebud Philly on Broad Street. Yes. Nice. So we are here, as y'all can see, in the Rosebud Studio. Yes. We want to thank you yes, for thank inviting you us for into this space. Y'all going to have to stay tuned for the behind the scenes because this space has so much going on, and we're going to get into that today. Um, so tell us a little bit more about your upbringing in the city of Philadelphia and how that has birthed your hustle. Yeah, so I am born and raised West Philly. Um, I never left West Philly. I'm still in West Philly. Um, I came from 51st and Race. Um, so right off 52nd and Marcus. So there's no unknown territory. To right. <laughs> West Philly. Yes. <laughs> yes, West Philly. So most people be like, oh, you off 52nd and Marcus? I can't walk in there now. But I used to walk them streets when I was younger. Um, I worked. Okay. Yes. I'll be trying to get my... Yeah, so I've born and raised in West Philly. Um, I have gone to been in a Catholic school system for 14 years. So um, I, I have I'm a middle child, so I have a younger brother and a sister, older sister. Um, our parents put us through Catholic school from kindergarten to some college for me. Oh, wow. okay. um, so my upbringing was a little different. Um, I actually what Catholic school did you go to? Saint like Rosalina. And Catholic school, high school, I went to Archbishop Carroll. So I went all okay. the way, um, being rebellious, because mm-hmm. all my family, my parents, everybody went to West Catholic. Oh, God. Oh, you chose so, yes. Okay. So when they went to West Catholic, I was like, oh, no, I gotta go to else. So I went to Archbishop Carroll, which my dad was like, Shani, you like to train to school. Like, mm-hmm. why would you go there? Where was that at? That's in Radnor, near King of Prussia. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes, okay. yes. Okay. This is real we went out. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I went through, I followed a traditional um, path. My parents always spoke to me about going to college. Um, so I went through high school, went to a Catholic college. It was not a good fit for me. Um, I went to Cabrini, 
which was I'm near, okay. it was near Carol, and it was no one that looked like me. Mm -hmm. um, my first year was so hard um, because I was the only person that looked like me. I had a Spanish roommate and two um, Caucasian roommates. The only person? Yes. So, wow. and oh, I went in Cabrini? Yes. That's, that's like right the city. Oh my gosh, and all the parties look like something different. <laughs> and my dad used to ride me up there after the weekend and be like, wow. you okay? Because right. they used to all be crowded outside the dorm with beers, and it's crazy. So it was a few people that was there before, um, but and they were actually from my high school and my grade school. Okay. But they all had developed their own cliques because they got there before me. So when you go into an area where you know we all tend, if there's not many of us, we come together. Yeah, we all so yeah, when right, we see right, each other, right. we all family. Hey. Yes. <laughs> so, but that wasn't giving me the experience. Um, of having a culture because the people who were there that looked like me didn't really act like me. Right, yeah. Um, so. And you was West Coast. Yes. <laughs> so I was coming from, I was trying to go into a psych background um, because I wanted to be a psychologist. Mm -hmm. I thought that that would be helpful because of my childhood. I wanted to help children who were um, coming from households of domestic violence. Okay. That was my goal. So. I went to classes and none of it made sense to me. I was spelling, I couldn't figure out why. I'm like, oh, cause it's boring. The people don't look like me teaching it. The books don't make sense. The next year I said, I want to commute. So I went to work. I was always a person. My dad was a hard worker. Um, my mom always stayed home with us. So I wanted to get a job to get while I'm off campus cause it was nothing for me on campus. So I commuted. Um, and I worked and went to school and eventually I was like, I'm going to transfer out. So I went to Wider University. Okay. When I got to Wider, like up Millersville? Yeah, okay. Chester. Oh, which oh, one? Okay. Yeah, they got a campus up. Yeah, up the mountain. Yeah, okay. the law school. So I went to, you know, Chester, that's me. That's okay. all the people that like me. <laughs> so that's they gave, more like, yes, oh, okay. and they celebrated like, Black culture, right, especially right. in the social work department. Okay. Um, so I fell in love with it. They okay. gave me a different aspect. And I remember one of my professors, Dr. Cooper, he has a radio show and he was like, social workers ain't broke. And he mm -hmm. always would say that mm -hmm. because we always are told that yeah, in social it's work, it's a give back. Right. You're providing a service to your community. And he was like, I don't know where y'all learn it from, but <laughs> social workers ain't broke. Mm -hmm. And that stuck with me. Um, and I was like, you know what, I can give back and still make a career. Mm -hmm. So um, while there, they connected us with the community, um, different community aspects, how social workers are involved in laws on a macro level, how we change things in the community from a bigger aspect, um, took us to Harrisburg. And it's just connecting with different people and being given opportunities to learn. Okay. And it's more about connections for me. And right. that's where I learned how important relationships are and connections in regards to trying to make it. Um, so because they gave me the opportunity to walk Chester, I would have never walked Chester. <laughs> but I saw how many people, how directly you walked next to the mayor. Right. And having that conversation with the mayor made a difference right. in funding for that next year. Wow. Because he made that decision. So I fell in love with social work there to the point where I stayed and got my master's. Um, and through that process, I work, I work at Children and Youth at DHS. They paid for my last year of college. Um, I worked for the federal government at the VA hospital. 
Um, I went and got my free paid internship. I was the only one in my class that got a paid internship with the federal government. Um, because I did good, they hired me. So I was able to have a federal job. I, I didn't even know what I was doing. Like, I was like, it was a job. Right. I, I didn't know. People were like, oh my God, you working in the feds already? I'm like, yeah, and I'm running a program. Like, I had right. no idea. Wow. Um, and I did really good there. I loved my job. I was running a program to help veterans get back into work in the community. So I was able to go out in the community and develop jobs in the community for veterans. And I did that for five years. And in 2017, um, my mom passed away on Christmas Eve. So before she passed away, I, I always have a trouble with writing notes, like having a session with a veteran and keeping notes of everything. <laughs> I always had that struggle. Okay. I stayed in trouble. She's like, you gotta make it's sure your notes is right. Yeah. I'm like, can you give me a mic? Did you feel your mom? No. No, okay. Mm -hmm. okay. My supervisor always got on me. So I used to ask her, can I have like, it was like a fire dragon or something where you can write, you can speak your notes oh, and then, like I was like, can I have that? Cause I'm never gonna write my notes. <laughs> so after my mom passed, um, I took a leave from work. And during that leave, I really don't remember it. Um, because before she passed, I was pregnant. Um, so my, my son was born on December 17th. My mom passed December 24th. Wow. And all I remember is breastfeeding my child and can't find my mom. Mm -hmm. And she had been in her room deceased. She had an aneurysm. Mm -hmm. So I sent my sister there to find her. And then at that point, my sister banged down the door with her boyfriend because she lived in my grandmother's house on the first floor mm -hmm. and they found her deceased. Mm -hmm. So I just remember handing my son over to his dad and going there and they were carrying out the body. Mm -hmm. So, from there, I never recovered. Um, and I share this with people because they always were like, well, do you remember this? I don't remember the first year of my son's life at all. Mm. I can't, this year, he's five. This year, I had to request a new birth certificate and social security card. Mm. And I had copies of it because I submitted it for insurance. Mm. But I don't know where it is. Right. So, right. yes. So I, be, I had to return back to work. And when I went back to work, it wasn't the same. It was, I was already struggling with documentation and dealing with other people issues. Right. And I was like, this is just, whatever they were telling me, I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> Nothing mattered. Yeah. So I started to figure out, I need to find something that I'm passionate about. Something else that will build a fire. My mom was a person that every holiday, she like Valentine's Day, she would carry socks in her purse. And she would walk around and on her journeys to like her friend's house, she would hand them socks. And be like, happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> she would hand them candy just to make people Some smile. Right? Yes. Right. And when we was little, she used to sell crabs and have flea markets outside our house. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we sold $2 bags of crab legs. Give her, right. She was always doing something. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna go into something like that. So I started selling t-shirts um, at my job and I made t-shirts and I named it the Devon Marquise because those are my son's names. Okay. So I started selling t-shirts and I was selling them to people at my job left and right. <laughs> and they all walking around with the Devon Marquise. Just so. with our own business <laughs> and I'm not and a I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get these t-shirts. 
sure. And I was like, oh, people walking around with the name on it. That's like, yeah, I'm like, that's crazy. So I'm like, all right, like, what else can I sell? So I'm like selling paparazzi jewelry now, right? Okay. So at that point, it was coming out popular. So I got paparazzi jewelry, and I'm stupid. I got all over my desk. Like, I'm selling necklaces. Especially if you go on the leave. When you go on the leave and you come back, Because I was going live and that takes a lot to do. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, that ain't gonna work for me. So I started looking on Instagram and Facebook for different um, people going live. At this point, people going live is popular. Right. So I was like, let me see if I could find something that other people are doing and maybe I could jump in. So everybody got free live classes where they drop gems. So every time they would say something, I would start Googling it to see if I could find information. So I came across this guy that I went to high school with, well, everybody probably know, Neil DeVizio, Nehemiah mm -hmm. Davis. Oh, yeah. So I took his course for event space. I joined his course. I took two weeks. So I did not stay for the whole course um, because I didn't really need the course because I felt like everybody was trying to stick to the same script. But for me, his motivation, and I will always give him the credit for this, mm -hmm. his motivation is everything right. so i took him his words that he said in the different seminars to motivate me to get up every day and go do something towards right. finding it and right. it took me two weeks and i found my first event space and tosh my sister was actually my first event she was only she wasn't even 18 yet she's 17 okay, and she created her first event and she brought all teen entrepreneurs oh, into her oh, yes. and i was so i was like oh my gosh she ain't she brought the book i had she rock on the walls and no floor i promise and they still came out yes that's right. and that gave me the confidence okay, absolutely so from there six months in i had a like a calendar a calendar of people I'm like, oh, I'm ready. Yeah. But I named it a community center and I started giving like back to school items back to the community. I was in Southwest um, on Grays Avenue. And what they didn't teach me about was zoning. Mm. Okay. Oh my. So when the LNI came, <laughs> I didn't even know because the place wasn't supposed to be written to me. Oh, you should have stayed at that course. Oh, but I happened to be one of the first because I had opened. Mm -hmm. Oh, this was, it was bad. They came out like 10 cars deep and there was an event going on with a girl from Jersey. She wasn't even from Philly. Oh, wow. And she was having a Halloween birthday party and come to find out they had already been in communication with the owners. Mm -hmm. And he was told, they and the owners told them in court that they would kick me out, but never told me. Mm -hmm. So Ellen and I showed up at 10 o'clock at night to clear the place. And I'm running down there, cops all over the place. I'm like, what the hell? I put a big sticker on my gate. And it was with the red marks. And I had a wedding renewal the next day. Oh, my God. And people was flying from all over. So I didn't know what to do. So I said, we opening up the back door. <laughs> and Tell I said, you. Yes. <laughs> and I told her. We're going to make this work. I yes. don't know what And yeah, I told the client. I said, it was 2 o'clock in the morning. And I was like, listen, this is what happened. 
if you with it, I'm with it. And she, right. was, she was from West Philly, and she went Look, to the same grade. She was from West Philly. And she was like, oh, we with it. So they had their vow renewal, their wedding renewal the next day. I had I was security at the front door. Yeah, they should have. And I'm sitting there. <laughs> they get down, me on the other side, and I'm like, oh, we going to rock out. Yeah. And after that, I closed down the building. Okay. I closed the building down, and I said, for me, image has always been a thing right. for me. So I gave myself 60 days. 60 days was it. And everybody called me crazy. My dad, everybody was like, maybe this just wasn't the right thing for you. Maybe you should just, it's okay to fail. I never that's forget right, that. And I said, right. wow, people really say that. You know, everybody that's the was saying that. It. It's for you. And you I know, said, you know knows. what? Right. They write, but I'm not listening. And I kept with my 60 days. And so I started writing in my book and I wrote affirmations. 25 times I never missed a beat. Never, if I ran out of lines, it had to be 25. Mm -hmm. And I said, I will successfully get another event space. I will be successful. And within the 60 days, I had a new building, double the size. Mm -hmm. And instead of me announcing ever that my building closed down, I wrote 2.0. Right, transition. <laughs> and I upgraded. I know that's right. And they were like, oh, she got 2.0. People forgot about the Grays Avenue location. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't until I wrote, I decided during COVID to write, um, when COVID first hit, I wrote a book and it was The Recovery. And that's where I wrote what happened to my first location okay. and how I was able to recover and how I had no money saved and open two event spaces now. Mm. And my husband read the book and he said, what the hell? <laughs> when did you do a How? Where? He had, I was like determined to never say anything to anybody mm -hmm. because if I did, they wouldn't have understood my process. Right. And I couldn't take anybody saying anything against it mm -hmm. to deter me from what I was focused yeah. on. So from there, I was like, okay, I had the double marquees. It's good. It's in Port Richmond. Um, but I want something down this end. So I decided to go in the county, which everybody was like, the county, it's hard to get in the mm -hmm. county. I found a place in the county on Craigslist. I opened up two floors. Mm -hmm. So the Petite Rose has two floors, and this building's 5,000 square feet. So I went from 1,100 square feet on Grace Avenue wow. to 2,000 square feet in Port Richmond to adding 5,000 square feet in Lansdowne. Mm -hmm. And I started developing contracts. I didn't know what I was doing, but I figured if I make something up, I can feel how the person responds. Right. And then if they sound like I'm crazy, then I'd be like, well, let me make a deal with you. And you make them think you're working with them, but really, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. I'm just making it up. Yeah. And they don't know, and I made contracts and everything. So then I just kept focusing on my journey and what mm -hmm. I was doing. And I tell everybody, put blinders on. Mm -hmm. It don't matter how many event spaces is out here. Nobody can make it do what it means yeah. like you yeah. can right. because yeah. it's your vision. Mm -hmm. So all of my buildings have a rose in it. The roses was my mother's middle name. Mm -hmm. So people begin to recognize the brand because of the rose. So I wanted the rose to be the brand. I didn't want people to know Shanice. Mm -hmm. I wanted to stay behind the scenes because in Philly, when people know who you are, they it's an them. issue. Right. And a clicky. Yes. Yeah. So I said, I don't want people to know who the owner is. Right. That's not important to me. I want people to know the brand. The brand. 
So when I want to just walk in and anything, I'm cleaning the place. Mm -hmm. And I still have that mentality. This year is the first year I'm coming out of that. But I still had that mentality. So I did, Petite Rose was doing excellent. The Devil Marquise was doing excellent. Oh, Petite Rose is the one that's really that just... And Lance Down. Okay. And that's the one that just turned into a studio space? No, that's Petite okay. Fats. Okay. I am Petite Rose. I'm up the street. Okay. Yep. So, but we both from Baltimore. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> She's on the Philly side. But, um... Yeah, we just, we've been doing good. So I said, you know what? I want to try something completely different. And I was like, you sure? I said, yeah, because these events, like, it's been with a lot of people. And even though we making money, I just want to try something different. So everybody thought I was crazy. And I was like, I want to open up studios. And they're like, studios? <laughs> what is that? So I started Googling it, and it wasn't in Philly yet. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a lot of them down south. They was all over. Now, all of a sudden, they all in Philly. Right. They all yeah, over. Yeah, I so I was like, what do they do in these studios down south? So I was like, okay, they have they do rooms, and then they might give you a chair outside your room. But they don't do, like, the whole customer service type of process. They don't okay. provide that for you. So I said, I'm a mom and I don't have time to go to different places all over the city for appointments to get my hair done, to get my lashes done, whatever. So I want to make a one-stop shop. <laughs> so I created a one-stop shop in Darby with eight studios. I hired a receptionist. I had a receptionist at front that checks your clients in. She puts them in a the waiting area. She texts the business owner, let them know. So we handle wine, water, snacks. Nice. We take care of the whole front end. And then when they get to you, then you control how you want them to be for your business. Wow. So I was like, they ain't doing it in Philly. Right. People think you could just get a studio and that's it. Mm. No, I want to create a vibe before they even get to the, the studio. Customer right, service, right. I keep telling y'all. That <laughs> gives leverage for the business that's using you. So are y'all in like the same building at the same time? The receptionist is, yes. Okay. So, and I don't benefit. I don't take no percentage off the business owner. I want that business owner to profit wow. and make as much money as they can. And I advertise because at the end of the day, that's how they pay me rent. Yeah, if right. they love to be here, they're going to continue so to stay to, there right. and pay me rent. I look at the it. big picture mm -hmm. where a lot of people, they rent chairs and stuff and they got to pay a percentage out of their how many clients they got coming in. Mm -hmm. But I look at it as what if they got a bad week right. or a bad two weeks? Yep. You know, I shouldn't be hounding them that they got to get clientele. That's not my business. Right. But my rent once a month is my business. <laughs> right. You know, and that's what I focused on. So you I had me over. Yes. So I opened up a location in Darby. It was really successful. Um, I was able to house through my whole journey there 10 or probably more, maybe 12 to 15 different businesses have been there since I opened. Um, so one of my friends had this location. It's built on Broad Street. And she bought me in just to give a consultation of what they could do with the space. And things happened and they weren't able to keep the space. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yo, cause when I left the consultation, so I was like, like yo, I could do some things. <laughs> but I didn't want to like jump on them. Right, like, right, right, right. <laughs> so when she told me, as if I'm like, yo, that's God. But I have nothing saved. So I'm like, oh, here we go again, Chinese. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just, I'm just talk through it. And I met with the owner and I talked. And I sold it, like sold it. And I just started to build this room by room. So every person that came to me um, and said that they liked the studio, it started with no floors and no walls. That's wow. how I would show it really? to them. 
and I would say, this is what you can have in here. And I would show them the people who already built their places. Right. This is what you can do with it. Right. Because they built their own. You just give them the space. And they will paint it and customize it to the way that they choose for their business. Right. And I tell them that this is their storefront. Right. Okay. So it has now moved to, I have currently 17 tenants. Mm. In this building, and we've only been I walked here in since October. Leave, <laughs> I, I didn't know what I was yes. going to do. So I thought we was going into a event space. I'm like, what in the? I'm like, wait, where hers at? I right. see all these guys, yes. and I'm like, oh wait, you at the top, right? So and people don't know. So even so, on this in this building, there's an event space that's three thousand square feet across from me. Mm, I actually works. built a relationship with her, so now I book for her, mm. and I do a get a percentage off of that. Uh, we have music studios in the back. That's a separate business owner. And then I have the 75% of the floor. Oh, wow. So the people who come in here, thank you. So I, they come in and I'll be a receptionist some days and they'll be like, oh, hi, I'm here for the premiere. They have no idea. And I just, I love it because I get to see the people come in to support other black businesses yeah. without them even trying to show face or act right. because they know, don't know who I am, you know? So I get to see the raw image of what I'm building. Mm -hmm. And so from being here and seeing the businesses flourish, because when I thought of it, it's just an idea. Yeah. The business owners made this into what it is for wow. me, not me. So as I started to see them build and their businesses growing over the past couple months, I was like, I need to bring some students in here. Right. Some young entrepreneurs or That's young what teens. I said. Didn't I say that? <laughs> yeah. I said, oh, these kids need to come see this. <laughs> and they started doing tours. And parents were reaching out to me, telling me, yo, my daughter told me she saw you and she can't stop talking about you. And I realized I'm following you. Mm -hmm. And she can't stop talking about how motivated she is. So I created a workbook a year ago. Um, and it walks you through how to be your own goals. And it teaches you how to develop colors for your business, how to develop your LLC, how to walk through the whole foundation of your business. Right. And I just sent them all a free PDF copy of it. Right. And I told them, this is your start right here. Yeah. So you can start to fill this out. And this is how you're going to build your foundation for your business. I'm giving it to you. Mm. Um, and they, I look because I could keep track of how many people. And they are downloading right. it. Okay. They are downloading it, and I'm. I now I said, okay. I went to different hair schools. I was like, this is crazy. I was at Empire, and um, I'm like, I don't have no hair license. I don't have nothing. And when I first reached out to these people when I first opened, they didn't answer me. But now they reached out to me, and I went there, and they were like, what salon do you have? <laughs> and I was like, I don't. But let me tell you, I do that. And then I had to take a moment and was like. I don't have any of this, but these people, I can offer them something. Right. And I offer a studio because everybody doesn't have the clientele to pay a monthly rent. Mm -hmm. So I created $40 a day for them to rent a studio for the day to service their clients. They can choose two $40 days a week. day. That ain't $40. That's a day. That's a day. A day. Right. And they can service their clients and pretend like they're here. They right. decorated. <laughs> they can have a receptionist check their clients and they right. did the whole thing as if they oh, pay wow. a monthly rent. And just like this group, this room that we in, people can rent the group room, have their whole setup, and their meetings or anything, and it's eighty dollars, and they can have ten to twelve people in here have a business meeting, right. and nobody will know this is not their their place. And I offer that so that the community will have a place. Um, for me, it was during COVID. You know, people was doing hair in houses. People was, mm -hmm. and so what's the difference? Some some lady asked me, "Ain't that illegal?" 
And I was like, isn't it legal for mobile businesses to service you in your house? Mm. I said, all I'm doing is providing a community space for the community to be able to come to and service their clients. And get a professional uh, right. aesthetic and polished look. Right? Yes, yeah. so that oh, they can build. Business. And one day right. they'll be able to upgrade to pay right. monthly. Right. So that is my give back to the community because I learned that connections, relationships, mm-hmm. opportunity is all you need. And sometimes we tend to look beyond that and say, oh, that person doesn't know how to speak or that person doesn't know how to ask, but it's because they never learned. Mm-hmm. So giving them, in, involving them in different things and showing them experience from them mm-hmm. looking at you right. and telling them what you, what you went through and how you learned, you'd be surprised how it changes how they develop and be able to be successful in business. And I love the idea of the customer service part. Literally, that was just my accountability checking the other day. You want to make sure Pete, you got good products, good services, and customer services right. that's going to make people come back. And you thinking mm-hmm. of that that one niche. Like, I could have just offered y'all space because that's what the game was. Right. That's what people was already doing. Right. But then not just you offering customer service and helping them build their businesses, but also teaching them the importance of how customer services yes. can transition because I see a lot of black businesses developing and then you go in there and you don't get great customer mm-hmm. services and we be the first person to say something about you. But that part of teaching just by modeling yes. and by creating a space, it's like what you're doing is adding so many layers to us black entrepreneurs because this is inspiration for me because right. this is something that I envision and you know just even hearing about your journey and even like you saying like I ain't saved again you know because right. I'm just like sometimes yeah. I'm like okay how are we going to do this you know right. how are we going to start this but you know the vision is always possible in that narrowing end part because I always say it's your vision God gave you the vision and mm-hmm. people are not yeah. going to understand it won't make you crazy but you had a, a mission in mind and you stuck to the mission and you just kept going. Mm-hmm. And how many spaces do you have? So right now, this year, I have downsized. Um, this year, the Devon Marquise closed December 1st because we are upgrading into a ballroom in 2023. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Rosebud Studios Darby is closing at the end of this month only because we upgraded to double upgrades. Yes, we doubled the studios over here on Broad Street. Okay. Um, But we have right now Broad Street, we have Petite Rose Venue, and we have our ballroom coming this year. Yes, thank you. Yes, this is amazing. So we definitely got to get some behind the scenes because I saw a Yoni uh, spa. I saw what, what, what's all in <laughs> I so, yeah. I so check we, this. So we like, have the studio for the room day, of course. We have currently five massage therapists here. Mm. We have a barber shop. We have four hairstylists, three lash techs. Um, two waxers, two yoni steam rooms, a podcast studio, and streetwear. Yeah. Um, we have a lactician, we have a body contouring, um, nail tech, teeth whitening. Um, we have a clothing boutique that also has in there a braider, a hairstylist, and a lash tech. They get it all in Yes, we <laughs> have three waxers that are coming currently April 1st from European Wax Studio. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So we have a number of people moving in. We have a tattoo artist and a piercer moving in. Right? Any type of businesses that you don't take like necessarily? No, because it's not the business. Um, the type of business, mm-hmm. we go by a vibe. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So I do not lease to just anybody. You okay. have to have a vibe okay. to be able to vibe with right. everyone else here. If your energy is off, they will tell me. Okay. And so it may not be a good fit, but we have not had any issues Great. Um, because you have to be focused on your business. Um, and that's, that is the vibe. If you focus on your business, right. that is the vibe because that's what everybody in here is focused on. And like I said, that goes back to the customer service thing. You already set the tone. Yes, for, for right, exactly. Look like yeah. a type of level of business. This is just not any space that you're walking in. You're coming in as a professional. You want to keep people coming in. Right. Yeah. My service might benefit somebody. Like, I see something that I need. Oh, man, I'm going to go to your business. Right. Exactly. And they do go to each other. Right. They support each other. I get surprised because I'm like, wait, I saw that person on your story. Yeah, they got their lashes done or they got their hair yeah. done. Yeah. Cool. Because they all support so each network. other. So a network. A network under one building. Right. Um, so now instead of it being beauty studios, which I started it, I call it the Broad Street is the entrepreneur hub mm -hmm. because right. I want to be able to service the community and provide resources um, and make this an entrepreneur hub for them to learn no matter what level of entrepreneurship you are on. Right. Oh, I love that that so, so let me ask you a question. Was there anybody um, like affiliate historians that kind of motivated you along your journey? Um, honestly, I can only say that there are so many people because I develop entrepreneur a love for entrepreneurship from social media. Mm -hmm. I develop that love of entrepreneurship from watching a very amount of a very amount of people. Um, what I did learn is from watching that that not social media is fake. So you have to look past what people show you and look at their consistency mm -hmm. in their work. I can look at a video that you might put up, but I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at where you, how many videos you put up in this room. Mm -hmm. What did what did, words did you use when you was doing it that attracted so many people to jump on and watch okay. it? So I was in Maya when we was in high school. Okay. He was in the, his locker selling candy. Okay, so you so should so see that. His, right. his motivation and his well, way of words as he could say, and I say the same thing, I can sell water to a fish, but I wouldn't be fooling you. I would tell you what's beneficial of that water. Right. And that is one person that their motivation um, and the way they speak and how they sell has really motivated me. Right. There's other people um, that I take different things from, but I will say that it's just a, a large amount of people yeah. um, that I watch from different um, genres of business that are not even related to me okay. in Philly and they taught me so much free and I tell mm -hmm. you all the time free on social media just turn change the way you look at it right I was telling my partner that I was like I stay on social media because I'm marketing or right. learning like right. my lens is so different um when you have a vision in mind you have a vision in mind it doesn't matter what I look at I could be looking at tv I could look at some bs but yes, in my mind, it's a marketing right. tool. <laughs> yes. Or it's a business tool of how can I elevate. Okay, right. this is this is the goal. This is how I'm going to take it and move it and shift it. You know, one person, business. I will say, Fit Girl Army. I don't know if you know her. She's in Philly. She started from a, filling a duffel bag with um, workout supplies and sending it to random people addressed throughout the country and telling them to sign a book inside the bag and mm -hmm. ship it to another female. That's how she started. Wow, and she really? would get the bag back. I think she's still doing it actually. 
and I've seen her go get a store and paint all the things, not have nobody working out in there, just her and her mom. Mm. So now she just announced she has like 2,000 something so, um, people with memberships. Mm, wow. And I've seen her through her job. I actually went to work out with her twice, like for two different um, me uh, memberships. But she is somebody that I watched her journey and watched her build and be very transparent on camera of her journey. Um, and that's somebody that I will, I wanted to make sure I said, because she is Shout amazing. And I've never given her her flowers, but she deserves it. Yeah, yes. she's yes. a silly. Yes. Definitely connect. Yes. 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 Get her on here. Yes. Yes. Um, but I love it. And this all started, your entrepreneurial journey started out of grief. Yes, I turned my but, grief into a passion. But remembering the mom giving out the socks. And selling, mm -hmm. selling the craft bag. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. You know what I'm saying? And that spirit, that 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 community That's spirit, that right. that a feeling of just wanting to give love to the community mm -hmm. and provide opportunities that sometimes people don't see. You know, yes. you had a vision that somebody didn't see that opened up doors for so many different people right. to flourish and develop, and I love it. Yeah. I love it. I, I'm glad that we were able to connect and actually come yes. into your space um, to really see your hustle and see what you do. Because, really um, like I said, you planted the seed in me to know that it's possible. Right, right. That, that's the vision for Sisters with the Agenda is to have a space um, where we can bring in other entrepreneurs and that's awesome. that culture connection. Mm -hmm. That's, that's awesome. It's out there. The opportunity is there. Yes. So tell us um, how. We can find you where they can find you and you know what to look for from you in the future yes so you will find me on social media as ceo marie rose um from there you can connect with my different business pages um because they are all separate but definitely ceo marie rose is where you will find all the information about business um feel free i'm an open book but reach out to me you will see my kings on that page because they are who i'm building an empire yeah. for um, you will see my husband, who now has, is an entrepreneur this year, um, and his paint business. Yes, so I gotta, I gotta plug that in. Yes. So you will definitely find me on Instagram, um, and please book with us or come even set a tour. Um, it's so much motivation in there from different entrepreneurs um, that you, somebody in here, will motivate you or be in the same field that you're interested in. Yes. Do you have anything coming up? Yes, I have a class that is March 23rd. Um, it is a business seminar. March 23rd or 25th? 25th. 25th, okay. March 25th, it is my business seminar, um, and it will be walking individuals through building their business um, from everything that I spoke about in my workbook, right. colors, what is a good color, how to make those connections, how to work Canva in different places to make flyers <laughs> yourself without paying somebody. Um, Cause that's how I started, yeah. um, and I still do. Tosh trying to get me out of it, but I still be making my own flyers. <laughs> so yes, I walk you through everything, and even if you need a one-on-one -on -one after the class, I give a free one-on-one -on -one, um, to every person who buys into the class. Oh, 
Oh, nice. Where's it going to be held? At my venue, Petite Rose Venue in Lansdale. Oh, nice. Okay, awesome. Well, this is another wonderful episode of the Philly Culture Podcast. I love it. I love it here at the Philly Culture Podcast. Yes. So if you haven't tuned in yet, <laughs> this is your first time watching it. You need to go back and watch these because I'm telling you, we have some wonderful, oh, wonderful things happening in the city of Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. It's so crazy because my sister lives right around the corner. Oh, wow. On Sydney Ham Street. <laughs> so yes. Yes. Right on the corner. Literally, then we walk. Right. Yes, <laughs> oh and that's how I knew I didn't even use the GPS to get here because I'm like, oh, this right there. Yeah, I am there. But we have known that this was sitting here mm -hmm. in this hub. Right. Um, so I definitely want more people. If you are an entrepreneur and you are looking for space, um, hit up the Rosebud Studios. Yes. Thank you. Um, because they have a lot of unlimited spaces for you all um, and there's great connections with other businesses that can help your business grow. And I'm going to keep saying it. Y'all want to say that Philly is not here and there's no brotherly mm -hmm. love and nobody supporting you. I don't know who you hanging with. We killing that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're debunking that. Okay. We're showing you. Yes. So. Yes. Okay. Because the culture, the connection, the brotherly it's love, here. the sisterly affection is here. And if you dedicate, like she said, it's about right. the vibe. If you're ready to work and mm -hmm. you really got good heart and good intentions and good integrity, there is spaces for you to grow and elevate amongst the village. So yep. definitely tap in. Um, you can find the Philly Culture Podcast on all streaming networks. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tune in because, yes. like I said, it's some great stuff happening in Philly. Yes. We're just getting started, yes. y'all, okay? <laughs> this is only season one. we just getting started. All right. Stay tuned. All right. Have a great yes. day, everybody. Thank you for tuning in.